thank you guys so much yeah, for coming you. on the show of course. and being so vulnerable and open and creating a brand that's really helping a lot of people. Look, I'm wearing Mad Happy right now and I already feel better. <laughs> what the f is going on? I like to party. Jesus, honey, wax much? This is Unwaxed. Get in, Lizzie, we're going shopping. With Sophia and Sistine Stallone. Did we just become best friends? Yep. <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Unwax Podcast with your favorite sisters, twins, best friends, enemies, Sophia and Sistine Stallone. And we are happy you guys are here. We are having a great morning. This is probably the earliest we've shot, which is different yeah. for us. But you know what? I kind of feel a lot more energized than I do when I'm shooting the afternoon. Just tell me why. Riddle me this. Yes. What? We got at the studio for a 10 a.m. interview. Yes. Oh, everyone's like, 10 a.m., that's your early interview. <laughs> Why did I set an alarm for 6.45? I set one for 6.30. Ask us this. Why? Why? Did, why? Because we like to take two hours to get ready. No, I don't think it's that. I think that's I was so I anxious and just excited because it was a morning one. And I was also excited for our guest today. Yeah. So I was like, eee. I like how you did your makeup today. You put a lot of extra blush on your nose. It's cute. You look like a little Cindy Lou Who. With the braids? Yeah, exactly. You do really look like Cindy Lou Who. Stop with the cobweb. Anyway, thank you. Um, yeah. You know, I started wearing blush on my nose because... Since someone said it looked like I got a nose job, I was like, great, blush was going to stay on the nose. You know, actually, I, I watched a tutorial with uh, Madison Beer, shout out, um, which is really cool. She's pretty good at doing her own makeup, but she's also the most pretty person ever. And, she, and here's the thing. Wait, wait it's let me finish easy my thing. to do makeup on a stunning face. That's, well, no, no, that's, that's what I'm, I'm pretty much saying. I, yeah, I completely agree with that because it's like when you have the perfect structure, nose, face, eyes, hair, skin... I mean, level up. <laughs> I mean, a little concealer, a little blush, you're done. Yeah. For me, I got a lot of discoloration. I got some dark circles. But what my point was, was that she did a lot of blush on her nose. Yeah. And I thought that was super cute. I'm like, I need to bring that back. And I just saw you did it. And I go, that's a sign. I should do it. Right? Girl talk. I mean, you might as well set the oven for 350 degrees because our faces are caked. They're caked. Right now. They ain't moving. Speaking of ovens turn yours on because thanksgiving's approaching gobble gobble Ooh. gobble beaches god i'm so good at transitions these days she really was i'm sorry <laughs> did anyone catch my manscaped transition last week it was that was pretty freaking good freaking genius. i was confused and thank god i caught on to that one after i know anyway it's thanksgiving this week unpopular opinion it's not my favorite holiday yes i'm thankful but the food not a fan you're so disappointing the only holiday you actually like is halloween and it's so quick and it ends in like one night and usually it ends up being horrible thanksgiving is different because you know why it's amazing yes does my mom make us start cooking at seven o'clock in the morning till eight o'clock at night foul sure, sure foul <laughs> do we watch eight hours of the dog show correct yes. do we gamble on which dog will win the beagle every year the beagle every year <laughs> but it's still the best holiday because the food for one thing is unreal you but get see, to, it's the one year you can be basically have a food baby for eight days but that's after. why i don't like okay i also got stomach flu 
after I ate Thanksgiving on Thanksgiving. Okay, first of all, how? Because everyone else ate the same thing you did. No, it wasn't from the food. It was something from prior. So um, seeing my Thanksgiving meal again later that evening wasn't exactly appetizing. Yeah, but that's not a reason to hate Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving, the after... Oh my God, do you know how many meals I make after Thanksgiving with all the leftovers? I make like the best, like biscuit, yeah, the leftovers ham, are fine. egg, cheese with like some sweet potato. Oh my God, do you see I'm like foaming at the mouth at this point? I remember, I, am so excited. I remember in an earlier episode, I think this has to be my favorite Thanksgiving memory. We have shared this story on the podcast before, um, but you almost killed a starting player oh, yeah, for the Rams yeah. on the Thanksgiving because I think some people forgot it and this is from our earlier episode so if you're just joining in I'll just rehash it really quick yeah I almost killed an NFL player starting yes. a Rams player a Rams player and I won't say his name but I'm just saying but he catches your the ball. fantasy league would be destroyed if I did this to him so basically to make a long story short I'm really clumsy I can't hold anything with my fingers. I'm, I'm Bambi when I'm drinking. I'm Butterfingers in life. So my mom just told me, you know what, Sophia, take the ceramic bowl out of the oven with mashed potatoes in it and just put it on the table. And you know what you I did? You think. Simple. Simple. Simple task. You know what I did? I took it out of the oven, dropped it. Just dropped the potatoes. Dropped it so it landed on the tinfoil covering. So nothing got on the ground. So we thought, you know, five so, second rule. And so I just go, Steen, help me. Sweep it, sweep it back in. Sweep, sweep it, back it back in. No one saw. You can't have Thanksgiving without the mashed potatoes. Like, it's, just, so it's here's a right passage. Where it all sort of went south. The potatoes are white. The ceramic bowl was also white. white. So when well, we transferred the potatoes no, into a new bowl... You can continue from there. Yeah, well, I'll just skip to the part after, which is I'm cleaning the plates and bowls and all of this stuff. And his wife comes up to me and goes, or to all of us and goes, who held the mashed potatoes? Who was in charge of the mashed potatoes? And I go, oh, that was me. And she goes, do you realize my husband pulled out a three-inch piece of ceramic from his mouth that he ate from the mashed potatoes that he almost swallowed. And she looked at me and she goes, you almost killed him. And to make matters worse, she was holding a one-year-old baby. It was just It was just not dramatic. good. And I was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. He was so polite. He didn't say yeah, anything. You guys, he didn't say anything. He was like, I'm He so literally fine. pulls out a three-inch shard of glass from and his just, mouth. Like, tucks it under his seat. Yeah, he just like puts it in his napkin, says nothing. It was bad. But that was my favorite holiday um, memory. Uh, memory from that day. And so yeah, good. It's, it's still good. Nothing happened, but if it did, it was Well, what's going to be favorite, interesting but... about this Thanksgiving is for the first time, we're not going to be celebrating it in Los Angeles. Or cooking. Or cooking. We're going to be celebrating it in Florida. It's going to be the start of a bunch of new traditions for us, yeah. which will be interesting. It's also going to be weird not, yeah, hosting it yourself. We're going to be the guest of someone else's Thanksgiving. You know what's weird? A lot of people have been asking me, if it's weird that we're not, if it's weird that we're not at our childhood home anymore and that people were selling it and we're like kind of transferring back and forth because a lot of people I think are really nostalgic about it, mm -hmm. but we aren't. I could care less. I could care less where they end up. They can be in, they can be in Missouri, Fry. This is another place to go. <laughs> place to visit. I don't, but I think that's, it's just interesting that I don't know what it is about us that we don't really mind the change. I don't think we have attachment to a lot of things no. because our family is very much bored 
easily. Yeah. You know, so things, we nothing's, uh, everything's temporary. Yeah. And, you know, also, I think that we we always remember is, like, if you are kind of going through this and you're, like, in a whole nother world and whole nother life and you're away from your family and you're not at your child at home or they're selling it, whatever it is, we don't see that as something to be sad about. We're seeing it as a really exciting new chapter. Yeah. Adventure. Like, Thanksgiving, yeah, we're going to have a totally different tradition. It's not going to be the same routine all the time, but that's also a great thing. And I think that it's important just to remember, you guys, like, change is good. Change is exciting. Yeah. Change is new opportunities. New Home adventures. is where the heart is. We'll be with our family. Yeah. That is going to with, be enough. It is. It is. Plus pie. You know. You know, I can make a mean pie yeah i can make a really good healthy sweet potato pie disgusting actually speaking of that guess what sophia guess what sophia orders yesterday sweet potato ice cream i will see you in court it was so good i will see you in court salt and straw right now it's an ice cream shop has thanksgiving flavors did i try the (laughs) turkey gravy and cranberry sauce yeah, did I like it? Kind of no, but I'm sorry. Cut the cameras. <laughs> Have my people see your people. You're gonna I'll hear from my. Court. You're gonna hear from my attorney. No, it was so good, you guys. They, they had like this cheesecake walnut one. I tried this poor lady. I was standing in there <laughs> and I asked for the other. I'm like, can I try that one? That one? That one? There's a whole line behind me. Worth it. Got really good. Ice I feel cream. like the people that work at a soft serve or some sort of ice cream place hate. When people like, like you <laughs> asks for a sample of everything. Wait, the problem is, is this, and you guys, I'm going to encourage this. I had such a craving yesterday for ice cream and I was thinking about it all day. And you know, I'm one of those people, I like to be healthy. Mm. We all like to be healthy. But this time I'm like, you know what? If you're wanting it, go get it. Because after I had it, I went to bed smiling. Yeah, baby. <laughs> it's like it's thick season. Was, Build that extra layer of sweater. I need to get a little cushion in my push. My push. <laughs> you got it. Do it again. <laughs> what was it? Cushion in my push in cushion. Cushion. Cushion in my tushin. Now you're messing More cushion in my tushin. Cushion in my tushin. Cushion, cushion for the push. Oh wait, ew, no. Get a little. <laughs> Cushion the tush. Cushion the tush. Oh, that sounds push. horrible. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> that sounds like pot in Hold on. Anyway. Anyway. anyway, yeah, you ordered sweet potato ice cream, which I was like, is Sophia trying to be healthy? Well, yesterday was just a great day because we also got to watch the Barbie movie. Oh, y'all. Oh, y'all. Barbie Black Swan. Anyone out is there knows? Is it Black Swan? It's what a Black Swan. That's oh, wait. Like Natalie Portman. Oh, wait. Wait, what are you? What's it? It's Fairy just Barbie to- and the Barbie and the Swan Lake. She's Swan Lake fraud, fraud. <laughs> Barbie Swan Lake. Can I just say the music scoring is Chef's Kiss. Yeah, it is really good. The instrumentals, stunning. So good. Did not appreciate it when I was a child. Yeah, no, and the characters, just perfect. Who's the director? We can have him on the podcast. Not me, but honestly, there's not one Barbie movie I don't like, except today's. There's like a season of Barbie movies. It was mm. like Rapunzel. It was the mermaid one. There was a fairy one. You know what it is? It's like Not the cracker. animation is almost too good today. Yeah. It's, it's almost, almost too, too realistic. realistic. Mm. Jinx. You owe me a... What do we like? We don't like soda. The cake pop? <laughs> you don't eat cake pops either. You owe me um. No, but it was, I think it's so funny because when we were a kid watching that movie a hundred times over, we were so nostalgic and yeah. we were like the graphics the food and i'm watching it as an adult i was like this, this is, is the shittiest, shittiest quality 
but it's still so yeah good. i thought that the prince in the film was super hot he's like he's, he's a like he looks like a doll like he has no nose he doesn't even talk his mouth isn't even open but it was so good so nostalgic and i posted on my uh close friends i was like this guy's the woe he's the evil guy with like the huge bird nose and he becomes a bird i'm not just saying that and everyone was like, yeah, he sucks. He's the worst. He's the like, worst. Oh my God, everyone knows. Even guys were like, yeah, Real he ones sucks. out there know Real what we're talking know. about. Oh, also yesterday, Sophia and I spontaneously decided to go to a comedy show. Yesterday which was a big was, day for us. It was ice cream and comedy, guys. Crazy. And Barbie. Um, but it was, it was really cool because it's finally opening back up. And that's something that Sophia and I used to love. Love going to. Going to. And I don't know why. We were sitting in the audience the whole time. I was like... I guarantee I can make all these people laugh. Well, you know more. why? Because everyone sucked that night. Everyone did suck last night. I'm sorry. I'm not gonna like beat up. That's true. The that it were. wasn't. It wasn't a great show. We left show. early, and I was super disappointed with the lineup. I know, but I honestly thought I could get up there and do it better. Oh yeah, I've always wanted to. I but don't I think know it I could would be, choke. But I'll tell you what it is. My type of stand-up would be very self-deprecating. It would always be stories about how I screw up in life and like my sadnesses. <laughs> But that's what's but, funny. We're yeah. so good at self-deprecating that people like to hear other people's pain because it yeah. distracts from their own life. No, completely. But I've always wanted to do, and we always say this, we want, uh, David Spade did this segment on his show where he had like an earpiece in and he mm -hmm. would tell some person random on stage like what to say. Yeah. And it seems so funny. And I think it would be really funny if he did that for us. So David Spade, if you're listening to this, we are available. We are available. We are Open available. arms, open ears. I was going to say something else, but that sounded... So he's like, open... No. Tummies. <laughs> open. La. <laughs> okay, but no, it was... Really open funny. ears. Okay, but open ears, but we should do it. It'd be fun. I know. I'm actually very anxious for this weekend. Why is that? Because I'm getting introduced to a new group of people, and I get so nervous when I meet a new friend group, or like you're the new person in an we already established friend group because yeah. I don't know their history, the way they act, what they like to talk about because my personality could be a hundred different things and sometimes I wear different hats for certain people because I want to make sure everyone likes me, which is just a terrible way to live, but mm -hmm. I hate not being liked. No, I think everyone can relate to that. When you're walking into a new friend group or if you're dating someone and you're meeting their friends for the first time, you know, it is kind of important to make a good impression. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you don't want to force it and you don't want to be something you're not, but you also don't want to be something that everyone hates because there's one thing that I do know about when you're dating someone or you're being introduced to a friend group, your friends will mention something to you if they don't like who you're dating or if you brought a friend that they don't mm -hmm. like, you know what I'm saying? So I think a lot of people can relate to that, but at the same time, like, when you sit at home the whole time? I basically sat at home. I remember I was at an event the other night and I was so nervous in the social setting with all of these girls around me that I went to the bathroom and I FaceTimed you for 25 yeah. minutes. I sat in the bathroom stall and FaceTimed Sophia for 20 minutes and that's something I used to do all the time. I know. I know. It's, it's a mentality thing and it's also just... When you have, but you were also in a group where you didn't really love the group. Sometimes the no, group just they, doesn't work. But I didn't even give them a chance. I was so nervous to even put myself out there. I don't, yeah. I, I don't know. I don't think it's a bad thing that you want to make a good impression or that you're nervous. And I also think that, I mean, maybe other people feel this way. I don't know if you are one way on the outside and you're, you're both like an ex, uh, what's it called? A, um, you're introverted and extroverted, but sometimes 
your introvertedness can come out when, because I know, like, Sistine, you come off as an extrovert, but you're very introverted. Like, you have your sides where you like to be alone, you like to have your routine, you like to be, I mean, like, you like to have a little bit more control of what's going on. And, like, in this situation, you can't control what people think, you can't control what people say, and all you can do is just be you, but then you also don't want to, like, wear yourself out because you're trying to be perfect, too. I totally agree. I would love for that to be my New Year's resolution is to stop finding uh, approval from strangers yeah and just do me well i i've realized that i mean i think that you can relate to this too is that i don't feel like i try anymore to be perfect with people because i just know like if you like me then you like me if you don't then you don't like i don't i don't want to be around people that don't like me and i also and if you don't don't, big mistake (laughs) because you know who's behind my back this one and who's behind her back this one she could throw a mean punch yeah I am, I'm the bulldog and you're also the, you're like the little terrier. I'm like a chihuahua that'll bite your ankle really hard and yeah. actually leave you with a scar. I'm the bull master. <laughs> so people bite your lip off. <laughs> oh. Yeah. You do though, Sophia, like in a club, I'll, le- I'll be the one that's pushed and you will get in this girl's face. I'm like, you will get hit. Yeah, you will. Will you take a punch for me? Yeah. Well, at least you're coming with me mm. and we're going to be together. That is Thank a nice God. thing. Honestly, Sistine and I, and I don't, this kind of, actually, this is a hack. If you don't want to go somewhere and you're nervous to go, bring the person that you feel the most comfortable with with you. Because well, I'm telling you, and you know, by the way, and it has to be a person that is on the same wavelength as you with terms of how long they like to stay, how long they like to, oh, we know when to drink exit. or not drink. Exactly. Like we are always never not on the same page. Sophie and I are professionals at the Irish exit. Yes. We don't say anything. Also, we just know. Who wants to say hi- bye to like 12 people? respectful people <laughs> i'm sorry yeah but like really like do you you can just walk out no it's so true i'm and really just text happy them in the car. i'm really happy that we're at the age where we can sort of our friend groups are now meshed together we can both go out and drink and we also both hide in the bathroom together and talk yeah about so like on. we can go to everything together yeah we also give each other like a look mm-hmm. when we're just needing help where we're at See, that's happy. some sister telepathy it is sister telepathy i know we also look very like so it's that makes it even scarier. I know. I know. Should we talk about our, our guest? Yeah, let's do oh it. Oh my God, we keep oh, we're jinxing again. So we have two amazing guests on today. If you guys haven't heard of their brand, then now you will. You guys could check it out. It's called Mad Happy. And you would just think, okay, they're having some creators of the brand come on to talk about their business. No, the underlying message that this brand has created, has built upon is mental health and optimism and positivity and it's just so much deeper and more than what you would think it is yeah it's really cool they're talking about their journey their friendship of how they met how they started the brand and they also give really good advice to people not only going through you know some mental health problems and going through a failing business and how to recover and bounce back so we kind of cover everything and um, i think you guys will really enjoy it so stay tuned for that These designers have changed the way we typically see fashion through tackling mental health and promoting positivity as the driving force the brand was built on. Starting in downtown LA, Mad Happy has now worked with companies such as Vans, Pixar's artists like Ed Reska, which I want to talk about that because I love art, um, and more while maintaining their optimism vision. The creators have their own mental health-focused podcast called the Mad Happy Podcast. This is Payman and Mason. Yay! 
audience, studio audience. Thank you. Ooh. Round of applause. We are so excited. I mean, I'm definitely super excited. Uh, honestly, I don't get nervous for a lot of guests, but I'm nervous for you guys. To I don't be know here if right you now. guys heard wow. my intro. I was like I actually know. very nervous to say. <laughs> I was really nervous. I don't know what it is, but I think the fact that you guys started a brand and you're really smart businessmen, that intimidates me more than having you know, a comedian or an actress on or something like that. Mm -hmm. So thank you guys so much for taking the time well, we'll take to be it, here yeah. today. Course, thank you yeah. for having us. Happy to be here. I know we already have a lot in common. We were talking about off camera that we grew up in the same area, went to sort of the same neighborhood of schools. I just would love to sort of talk before we get into the brand Matt Happy, how you guys met, because it's kind of a cute story. Uh, you can tell it, Payment. Oh, you know the story? Okay, got it. Um, I kind of already know, but the listeners don't know. Yeah, so. I don't fully know. I went to Beverly Hills High School um, and freshman year became friends with actually Mason's brother, Matt. Mm -hmm. So became friends with him. He was on the football team, whatever. Mason went to a different high school. He would start coming to the games. And one day I met him. I was like, oh, what's up, man? Like you're Matt's brother. Like he's like, yeah, Mason, whatever. And the same, like the next week, same game, whatever, same thing. Mason's like, Yo, what was your name? Like pretending like he didn't know uh, me. Uh, and, over and, here. And, nice. and uh, he pretends like he doesn't remember that, but it's funny because uh, I was just like, what's this kid's deal? Like he obviously met yeah, me. Like, there's, there's only one payment, you no, know? No, those are the uh, worst type of people. You're yeah, like, I know that you know yeah. me. Like, <laughs> And from that, I think over time just became uh, super close friends, obviously. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it was just like always a funny story. It's your favorite story. Yeah. <laughs> and you guys have maintained this friendship for all these years, which is something you don't really see in L.A., yeah, I mean, I feel like, I don't know. I mean, yeah, it, we were super close in high school. And mm -hmm. um, a lot of the ways that like Mad Happy even started was because of the friendship, because then he became friends with my brother Noah. And, right. and then they started doing clothing things together. So I don't know. Yeah. The thing about payment that I think made us so close was like, I was a kid who really struggled academically, mm -hmm. started smoking weed and drinking at an early age. And he was very like clean cut, like one of the smartest kids in school hadn't really gotten into drugs and alcohol like at all yet and like we were so different on paper but i think that kind of like opposites attract as they say totally. like led us to really connect and yeah it was interesting and then he was super close with my brother and stuff and he was always kind of someone that i looked up to as like someone who was really hard working mm -hmm. really smart took school very seriously and was like this is this is someone I kind of want to stick around. For sure. And you can tell that the friendship in a lot of ways just complements each other because the things that you maybe lack, he makes up for and vice versa. Yeah. But Sophie and I were talking about how difficult it is sort of being, you know, related and working on a business together and trying to grow a brand together. And that sometimes you can get into some troubled waters and there could be conflict. And that's why they say never mix business and family. So have you guys ever had that issue i think i think my take on that is like one of my partners is also my brother so right. i think i could relate in that way uh very much so which is like you have your relationship outside of work mm -hmm. and like the complexities within that and then when, once you bring work into that mm -hmm. it like only makes things like harder and like something that you just have to think about i think when we started we didn't really think like oh like how is this going to affect our friendship or like my brother relationship with with noah but i think now we just try to think about it, talk about it more. And uh, it's been like four and a half years since we started. So I think we're in a lot 
better of a place now that mm -hmm. and like are aware of it. Mm -hmm. uh, but I do think it does make it harder because like your relationship is never the same as it was before. It, yeah, it totally. could be better or it could be worse. So that's how. What was like your about. commonality between the friendship? Was it fashion? Did you guys have that? Because you were saying you were not as academic, but you were probably, I don't know, maybe more creative in some ways. And then he Yeah, was so creative. when we first came up with the idea, Payment graduated Michigan and then moved uh, to New York mm -hmm. to work in finance. And then he had been helping us out a little bit and then ended up getting sick and had to come home. And right around that time, like Matt Happy really started to pick up like just a little bit of steam of like okay like this is a really cool name it's a cool concept there's right. probably a, something here he was already helping us from the beginning and me and noah didn't graduate from college don't really have like business savvy minds are much more a creative and he was like the perfect missing piece mm -hmm. to come in and really be able to like run this business with us and and really start things off See, that I find so interesting because I also didn't graduate college and Sophia did. And in a lot of ways, I kick myself and I think, oh, who would take me seriously? Who would want to work with someone that hasn't graduated college? But I really admire mm -hmm. that, you know, you were able to continue, you know, sort of believing in yourself because I know a lot of people out there want to start businesses and want to start brands, but they don't even know what the right first step is. Yeah. So how did you guys even sort of come together, come up with Mad Happy, decide that like, okay, we're going to do a lifestyle sweatpant hoodie brand. Yeah, I think uh, I want to come back to the college thing later because I think okay. that's something super interesting that a lot of kids don't really have the mm -hmm. emotional intelligence or self-awareness to be able to have those kind of conversations right. to even get to that place. So I started another company with Payments brother Noah before Matt Happy. Like when we had first dropped out of college, I was probably 19 or 20. Mm -hmm. We both didn't go to fashion school, had no idea what we were doing, just kind of hit the streets of downtown LA, had some like friends and family in the business and like learned a little bit. From there, um, we failed, obviously, but it was like a huge lesson because that after that happened, there was a few months of me feeling really depressed and just like not knowing what the hell I was doing, having no direction in my life. Like I should have went back to school. Right. What am I doing? Like yeah. I had no job. I had no money. And that's when I first thought of the word like mad happy. I was actually congratulating someone. I was like, yo, I'm mad happy for you. Mm. And I just like, I was in my car by myself and it was really like a light bulb moment. And I just stopped and was like, wow, this is like, this is very powerful. This feels mm -hmm. like not only super representative of where I am in my life, but something that everyone can really relate to in their own way and it feels really big and kind of just like the essence of life and like made me feel okay in that moment knowing that like feeling sad or depressed or having a bad day is necessary and is like an inevitable part of life and once we mm -hmm. accept we can really grow and like look at things from a more whole perspective mm -hmm. so I went to Noah like that night immediately I called him I told him the name and he loved it and then mm -hmm. we just kind of started like that's where we came up with the idea of optimism and the local optimist. And like, we didn't even have this whole like mental health awareness mission at the time, mm -hmm. but it was really just like the ups and downs of life, choosing to be an optimist. Let's use fun colors. Let's have like graphics and designs that make people feel like they can express themselves like through their clothing and maybe like get your feelings out that way if you're not yeah. ready to talk mm -hmm. about them yet. Right. And that was kind of always our approach. I think anyone who's trying to start a business or has an idea, like the best ones come from seeing something that's not in the market right now. Um, and we didn't feel like there was that positive, optimistic streetwear brand right. in the market that was super inclusive. Yeah. And then having it just happen very organically um, and with a strong mission, I think is like the biggest key. Well, I was actually going to touch on that. The fact that you said that you haven't seen anything like that in the market because you are tackling an industry that is like 
sweatpants, hoodie. Like, it's been done so many times. So what about your brand? You knew, you were like, okay, something is going to hit and it's different. Like, what makes Mad Happy so special and stand out from the masses yeah i think it's also easy to now be like oh like we knew but like the truth is also we didn't you <laughs> no know? you never like, know okay we, what Honest. we knew we had was like this like really good name and mm -hmm. really good idea in that like we grew up in la and there's all these streetwear brands and we loved a lot of them but like most of them felt like you know like fuck you why are you coming in the mm -hmm, store type mm -hmm. of vibe and we were like why is that like why can't it be like more inclusive why can't mm -hmm. more people be part of this like community and so that's like the vibe we started with early on mm -hmm. and like all of our events were like a lot bigger and like we would have these pop-ups and like it would be like you would want to come to the store even if you weren't buying anything and so i think quickly we saw like the reaction that people were having and like that kind of made us see that we were onto something and yeah. then we just built on it from there and then as we did our first thing like more in like the mental health space with like a panel and a pop-up we were like wow like no mm -hmm. one's talking about this like there's no brand that's yes. ever been like championing yeah. mental health and that was back in 2017 and obviously a lot's changed now but no totally and one thing that i want to touch on because i remember you just said that when you didn't go to college you were feeling like depressed or down and you really had no direction it's kind of funny yeah. because i went to college and i think that almost felt like the same way it's like mental health wasn't really talked about until i really hit it after i graduated because i felt like i was almost more lost leaving college because i had that structure and it's the same thing, like you didn't go and you still kind of felt like that. And so I feel like a lot of 20 year olds with the brand can really, really hone in and relate to it because they're like, oh, now there's a word for it or there's a there's a feeling for it or some there's a community for it that we can actually be open and talk about it. Have you guys seen a lot of responses from people in their early 20s that can relate to the brand or like have opened up and said that you guys have changed their lives in some ways? Absolutely. I mean, uh, about a year or a year and a half after we started Mad Happy, we launched The Local Optimist, which mm -hmm. is like our mental health mm -hmm. resource that lives online and on Instagram, where we're constantly like publishing mental health content, whether they're like toolkits on different topics, or we have this great franchise called A Student Series, where like kids in their early 20s, we're giving them our platform to share their own experiences with a mental health. And that's really where we've built our online community, which like the demographic is largely a kids in that age. Mm -hmm. And at all of our pop-ups that we've done, we've had these series of panels on different mental health topics where like I'm sitting on them, payments moderating, we have a therapist there, we have other cool uh, creators or influencers there and people that are just willing to talk about the topics. And I always say like some of my most fulfilling moments since we started this have been just hearing feedback from one person about like yeah, right. how that really made their day or they were struggling and hearing us talk about something um, really made them look at it a different way or give them a new perspective. Mm -hmm. Like that impact and those conversations have meant the world to me. Definitely. Was there um, a moment because you said before that the Mad Happy brand wasn't about mental health when you originally started it was there a moment in both of your lives that you sort of just wanted to change the direction and focus more about mental illness yeah I think it was like sort of a natural part of the brand so mm -hmm. like kind of rewinding when me and Mason became friends like Mason was like my first friend that like I ever talked about like mental health with like and he shared his story a bunch like mm -hmm. on on the podcast and and at our panels and so I think like within that like him thinking of the name like it was very ingrained like optimism is a very like mental health message mm -hmm. um, in our opinion and so it was really just like the progression of that so it's like if you think about a brand like Patagonia and like what they've been able to do for like sustainability like all of what they've been able to do over the many many years like it didn't all start like at the beginning right and so they kept layering things on and so for us like 
maybe it started with the clothing and then it was like the panels and then it was the local optimist and Definitely. now it's the podcast. And now we have a bunch of other things. We just partnered with Penn on a research program. And so like, we just feel like if we layer in things yeah. year after year, then when you look back 10, 20 years, like we'll have made a big impact. And so I think the mental health thing was always there for us. It was mm -hmm. just like figuring out like what our role was in the space, mm -hmm. you know, like we're not providing therapy, we're not providing care. We're just like the brand that like wants to make it okay to talk about and then like help lead you on your way to where you're going. You guys are extremely relatable, by the way. Yeah, like, <laughs> no, seriously. Extremely relatable. And I feel like that's why you can put a face to the brand and it makes it a lot more comforting. And it's not just something that you can't really touch. You can actually relate to you and you can also connect with you guys, not just through the clothing, but like the owners themselves. Um, for people that are starting their business young and they don't really know what they're doing, what would you say to them as like when you were starting your early stages, what was something that was a guiding factor or like what would you say kept yeah. you motivated? Yeah, I mean, I think, and I'm curious what Mason thinks, but I think for for me, um, this is like the best time to start your own thing, right? In like mm -hmm. the history of the world, right? Like you can start a Shopify store like anyone can, right? right? And it's like $20 a month to start. So I think the younger you are, you think there's like all this like risk to everything you're doing, like, like dropping out of college. You're yeah. like, oh my God, my life is over. Uh, but if you really think about it, like that's like the least risky time of your life because you don't have a family, you it's don't have so obligations, yeah. all these right. other things that maybe when you're older become mm -hmm. harder. And so mm -hmm. I think like what we talk about is like, if if you are called to like start something like even how we started mad happy was just like a small way to try to like see if it was working versus mm -hmm. like oh my god like this is my only thing and like if mad happy failed then we were on to like the next thing right and right. so i think having the mindset of just like trying and like the earlier you try the better off you'll be and mm -hmm. really asking people for help that you know or just reaching out to them like on on dms and stuff i think right. helped us so much so that would be my advice. No, you guys have a really good team with you because I know that for me, a lot of the times whenever I was trying to start something, I had so much doubt in my head and I think that it was really nice to have Sistine by my side and you guys probably motivated each other whenever someone had doubt is to not really give up and just keep going. I mean, did you guys ever have a feeling where you were like, this isn't going to work? And like, how did you get over that? Mm. Or were you, you guys constantly- I didn't really have the feeling like this wasn't going to work. I was like going through a lot of things like personally mm -hmm. where I was like I don't know if I can do this or like having doubts in myself or just like really struggling with like yeah. depression or my addictions and like not knowing if I could continue and like actually three years ago in the summer of 2018 like I hit my rock bottom and had to go away for treatment mm -hmm. and I had no idea like if I would stay with the brand or like what I was going to be able to do and like I was so grateful for my partners during that time to like listen to me and really hear me and be able to like take a bigger load on their plate like while I stepped away. So that was for me personally. But I think in terms of the brand, like people were so hungry for something like this that mm -hmm. we grew a lot faster than I could have ever imagined. Yeah, right. And like there was never really that moment of like, oh shit. I think there was just that moment of like, this is crazy. Like mm -hmm. yeah. what's next? I want to touch on that because I think a lot of people and certainly myself understands and and can relate to the way that you were feeling in 2018. Yeah. What were the certain steps that you took? Maybe it was the responses from Mad Happy following. Was it seeking therapy? What sort of steps did you take to help you get out of that place? Yeah, so like I, I had been in therapy or I've been in therapy since I was seven years old. So like mm -hmm. therapy was nothing new for me. I was always working with someone like Payment said, even back in middle school and high school, like I was that kid that was super emotional, that was talking about their feelings, was sensitive, was like super early on mental health. And even then I still wasn't 
really doing the work or getting the help I need, right? Like we could all you go sound into exactly a therapy like me, session. By the way. Yeah, like <laughs> exactly we could all go into a therapy yeah. session and like talk our way out of the room or like yeah. we get smart, like we know what they want to hear mm-hmm, and what to right. say and just get through that hour. And like, unfortunately, it wasn't until like I hit my rock bottom and I was having like suicidal ideation and like mm-hmm. I didn't want to be here anymore and I'm just making everyone's life harder that then I was like, holy shit, I'm absolutely terrified. I don't recognize who I am right now. Mm -hmm, And then what Payman said about asking for help, that is the most important thing that anyone can do is to reach out to someone in their support system, Mm -hmm. online, in person, a parent, a family member, whatever, to tell them that you're struggling. And then that's what really like set me on my path. And I think I, I scared myself so much with how how low I went that I was like, I never want to feel like that again. And right. I'm willing to like get sober. I'm willing to go to 12 step meetings. I'm willing to like go to treatment. I'm willing to cut these friends out of my life. I'm mm-hmm. willing to change these lifestyle habits. Like I'm willing to build my world however I need to do it. So I never get back to that place. And now something that I'm so passionate about and very vocal about is like, how can we meet people and kids before they get to that place right. to show mm-hmm. them that it's important so we can save lives and get people started on their path and get mm-hmm. them taking mental health more seriously before it gets too dark. Right. And I, so I can yeah. relate to that, to that immensely because I've struggled with anxiety disorder my whole life. And yeah. if you know me, my sister knows, my family knows, I've always been the one that's vocal about therapy, my anxiety, mental health. And even when my family didn't really talk about it, I was the one that was pioneering it. So I'd go to therapy sessions for literally my entire life but mm-hmm. i felt like i was saying everything but not saying the right thing mm-hmm. in the sense that i wasn't really i was thinking okay i'm gonna put a band-aid on it i'd go to these set sessions i'd be like okay you know i'm doing the work but i'm not really doing the work and it hit a point i think like last year that i was like i really do need to like take charge of this because this is just like i'm setting myself back months and months when i could have been doing the work the whole time and i think that is so it's key to be so much more communicative about what is going on in your life and like getting the help you need and just being totally honest that you do need help and it's okay to ask for help. I mean, this life is, it's hard. It's not, life isn't supposed to be easy. You're going to have your ups and downs. There's going to be shit you're going to have to go through. Mm -hmm. And it's like, we're like a car. You need to oil yourself up. Sometimes you have to go to therapy to like fix or fine tune it or talk to someone or write it out. And I'm really happy that you did that. And you guys are both like vocal about it because I think it's such a stigma when it doesn't really need to be. And it feels weird even talking about it. Like, I don't think it's weird talking about it. Maybe mm-hmm. and I understand that some people have uncomfortableness about opening up, depending if it's their family, a religion, whatever the circumstances are. But it's so good, even with your podcast. Like, you guys are really open mm-hmm. about it. I mean, what made you guys want to start a podcast after having the Mad Happy brand? Was that kind of always the idea? because you guys are tackling... 99 things. I mean, you're, you're having a panel, you're doing the pop-ups, you're doing yeah, the really, like, like You have so many different things going. It's like, let's just throw a pot. Let's do one more. Let's just do it. Yeah. So what, what made the podcast? Um, I think so similar to like to how we started the brand and like, we saw that like, oh, like we're like the only brand that's like so focused on like making mental health conversations. Yeah, you really are. Or, yeah. or more normal. And now there's a lot of people doing it, but yeah. um, which is amazing. I think for us, like we were always interested in the in the podcast side of things because we felt like it was, like you said, like that personal layer that connects people to the brand and also allows us to really bring a lot of people into the conversation, right? So mm-hmm. if you have these different high caliber guests on and they're talking about their mental health, then like all the kids listening are like, oh, like 
Dixie D'Amelio talked about it on the Mad Happy podcast. So it's fine for me to also talk about, right? And mm-hmm. she's talking about, and, and Mason brought this up when we had her, which is like everyone has like the six or seven like same like core feelings. Like, so like everyone's experience is so similar. Yeah. And and so if you can relate to someone who you think that like is has the best life They're ever. Perfect. Has it and figured everything's out. Going, like same yeah. thing with Mason, right? Like our business was going great, but like he was like in the worst place that he had ever been in in his mm-hmm. life. And so I think like with that same point, like we, we just tried to like start something that we felt like would impact a lot of people. And and by listening to like these people or just listening to our stories, hopefully you could better relate. And then like you take whatever the next step is for you, whether that's just like continuing to listen or reaching out to someone or mm-hmm. getting help. Well, honestly, I feel like you guys having a podcast helps my anxiety because simply your voices are so soothing. <laughs> I swear to God. Oh so my God, you thank you. No, we actually did say that. <laughs> we, we did say like, our voices we were are like, super annoying on camera and on audio. That like we're like, man. they're really like professional stuff. But um, <laughs> you guys have had some killer guests on your show. And I was telling Sophia, like, you've had Noah Beck, you've had Logic, you've had Dixie, Ashley Tisdale. I mean, is there a guest that kind of surprised you when you're interviewing them and you didn't think that that would come out and they would be so vulnerable uh for me my favorite guest has been rami uh he's like Mm -hmm. a writer and director that has a show on hulu and i was a huge fan of the show and it had so many different mental health themes and topics Mm -hmm. and like one of my favorite parts is like it's really about um his character within his muslim american family Mm -hmm. living in new jersey and like we spend time with everyone in the family and everyone has their own shit going on like the dad is actually fired but pretends to go to work the uncle's gay and doesn't tell anyone the sister like hates the family or whatever and like Mm -hmm. no one tells anyone every like anything Anything. and they're just like sitting at the table and to me it's just like the perfect representation of like mental health and like what you were saying about like struggling with anxiety in your family and like it's so hard for us to tell the people that are supposed to like care for us and love us the most because they're like might be the hardest to be vulnerable with or we're scared that they're going to judge us or like our parents have done so much for us that i don't want to like let them know that i'm struggling and to me that's just like so silly because like those are supposed to be the people like in our corner more than anyone so to be able to talk to him about uh religion and just like other things that we don't usually cover on the show was a really cool episode Mm -hmm. yeah for sure i think that point is like so good and that like we find that the people we bring on the show sometimes like it feels like they're sharing way more than they share with anyone else. And that's sort of like a weird concept, right? Cause it's like, how are you not sharing this with like the people closest to you? I even yeah. find like myself, like I'm sharing so much more than like, I even share sometimes with my girlfriend or with my brother mm-hmm. or with my parents. So right. I'm like, the show is set up in a way where hopefully people can like be comfortable and we could actually like talk about like real things. Mm-hmm. And like yeah. all of our experiences at the end of the day are so similar mm-hmm. that like, it's just like, I found it to be like a super like relatable show. Yeah. Are you gonna pick um, a favorite or no? Yeah, pick a favorite. Yeah. Also, uh, it's the brown eyes. <laughs> Apparently, everyone opens up to people that have brown eyes. Oh yeah. yeah. So, oh, perfect. Yeah, we're warm. Great. We're, we're all warm. Uh, <laughs> so, um, I really liked. This was an early episode, but Emma Chamberlain, she was dope. Um, oh, cool. And we had been like fans of like her work and stuff, but like we had never spoken to her. And and for someone like so young to like really like have thought about all of these mm-hmm. things. And she has an amazing podcast that very much has a mental health message. Uh, I think she was a really good one and it was super early, but like the conversation was amazing. You know, I mm-hmm. think having people like Emma on, like Rami on, you say that, oh, I wasn't expecting me to open up so much or them to open up so much, but I also don't think that they're ever questioned about like, are you okay? How are you feeling? It's For more sure. so what they're, they're promoting something or talking about something superficial. So I think it's really cool because it's true. The more you have 
people with large followings talking about it, everyone else will seem more comfortable to talk about it. I know that I have never been one to vocalize the way that I feel about my anxiety or or all of that jazz because I didn't want to disappoint my parents and I didn't want to disappoint mm -hmm. Sophia and I wanted to stay strong for her because I knew that she was going through anxiety. So, so that's a great thing of like, you didn't because in your mind, opening up would have made you seem weak. And 100%. like, that's the biggest thing of like, we're trying to yes. turn, like no one's championed this better than Brene Brown, but like vulnerability is the ultimate act of courage, right? So like, yeah. if you really wanted to be strong for Sophia or whatever, like by opening up and like, going down in that hole that she was in and sitting down like next to her and putting your arm around her like that's that's the idea of strength that like we're trying to teach that like yes. is the thing that isn't clicking for most people because of like the way that society Definitely. is right now oh my god and i know you would love it if i did that to you well yeah <laughs> i know because this chick oh represses everything yeah. and all of a sudden she knocks over a glass of water and she's wailing about the water i'm like this is I not about the water spilled milk um, <laughs> no, it's the worst it's okay that's what keeps our relationship fun <laughs> Yeah, we spice it up. We spice, we spice it, up. it up. Is there a dream guest that you guys would love to have on besides us, obviously? That was a joke. You guys can laugh. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, shut up. You go first. We've actually been asked this on the show. I mean, I think there's there's a lot of people. I would say like The Rock. I would love to have The Rock. Oh, my God. You know, I think He's our neighbor. He, yeah, we'll, we'll set amazing. it up. Yeah, yeah, we'll knock on his door. Um, <laughs> throw a pebble at his window. Yeah, first. exactly. Yeah. I'll have a boombox. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's cool because he's like, you know, everyone sees him as like this like, you know, super like strong, mm -hmm. like doing a million things, so, so right. successful. But like, obviously, like everyone has like their own story and their totally. own things that they're dealing with. Um, but one other funny thing on the guest thing, which is like, sometimes we're like, oh, like we wonder like how this guest is going to be, or like we're not as like we're like, is this one going to be good? And like, the truth is that like all of them are good because like everyone's just like a human, and like there's like an amazing story mm -hmm. uh, behind every person. And so I think we often get surprised by the people that we know the least going into it. Yeah. Um, and I, I think that that's a cool thing about the show that it's like not only focused on like the top tier yeah. celebrities. Because it's it's nice when you meet someone that you don't really know and then they have so many layers to them. And I think it's the worst when people are always like, oh, like they seem perfect. Like I want something bad to be mm -hmm. like happening to them. And What's wrong? Yeah. yeah. Like what's wrong with them? They need to have a problem. Like everyone has a problem. You just start changing the language of it and making it, okay, it's now a safer space. And I think you can learn a lot from someone when you don't really know them at all because then you don't have any expectations and then you don't assume like, oh, they might be just like having this slight anxiety and that's how it's going to be. Like, it's fun when you can kind of gamble and just see who is going to pop up. I know. I hope we have the rock on. That'd be kind of cool. Maybe we should just do We're stealing your guest. <laughs> um, I remember for, I think it was Mental Health Awareness Month, you guys had put out a bunch of billboards and one of them read, or I think all of them read, but in different languages, was it yeah. treat yourself like someone you love? Exactly. I do not know why, and I'm not one to read billboards, but I looked at it and it just hit me so hard. I was like, what? Did you guys come up with this? How does it resonate with you? Because it really hit me like a fucking semi truck. Oh, yeah, in the best uh, way. In the best it way. It was something that my possible. mom uh, came up with and like oh. told me a lot um, in like my late teenage years and early 20s, like as I was struggling. And mm -hmm. I think to us, what it means or to me what it means is like we're our own toughest critic and like mm -hmm. for me it's like so much easier to like 
be there for payment and give him the best advice and relationship advice and personal advice and all these things and like turn around and not take any of it like myself and we're often like so hard on ourselves like our anxiety in our head we're like negative self-talk all day all day and like so worried about all these things and it's just kind of like a gentle reminder to be more kind to yourself and like treat yourself as you would someone you love a friend a family member uh because we're often just like way too hard on ourselves and not grateful and not just like really loving ourselves even it's though true, we give yeah. all this love to all these other people um kind of the yeah, most important person true. to give it to what is do you ourselves. guys the hardest on yourselves about because i know for me it's like if i'm not perfect at something like i'm a perfectionist i love when i can't if i get it wrong it really hits me hard and i need to have sustained tell me especially it's okay. if you fail at something yeah we if i feel so, like i take it really personally yeah. on myself i'm like everyone else can like mess up if i mess up mm-hmm. i think it is just like i ruined it for everybody and i just like it so that's like the perfect example of like yeah. if she messed up you would still give her a hug but yeah. if you messed up you'd be pissed uh, at yourself like you're treat giving yourself me like someone you, love, you know what i mean do you guys have that type of thing like is there something um, that you get really hard on yourself about for me i mean i think i've always been like very competitive about everything mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. just trying to like compete with myself and like not really like give myself like breaks or like time right. off or things like that that I think I'm super hard on myself about, but I think I have gotten a lot better at this year. Um, Mm -hmm. I actually started going to therapy in January. So I've been going like every week um, for 11 months and I feel like it's like the first time that I've really been able to like think about myself more Mm -hmm. because like often I'm very like outward facing, like what do we need to do like for the company or for all these like people in my life that I try to help, but like helping myself is like the most important thing. For sure. Um, so, well, so yeah. Well, you have I think to know yourself. You live with yeah. yourself. I mean. And then I think on the billboard thing, I think for us, like that was our first time doing billboards. We we did it in May and it was like every billboard you see is always just like selling something, but right. like, we weren't selling anything with them. And it was just like a messaging campaign of just like making people's like days a little bit better. And we actually have the treat yourself like someone you love in all of our like ha- like hang tags in our products. So oh, I think it's just so like cool. another place that like that originated and we were like, this is like a great message. So like, let's put it out. I love it. Cause one of my favorite things is um, you accept the love you think you deserve. And I'm always like, why do I deserve bad love? Like, come oh, on. Mm-hmm. No, really. But I, I, I thought it was so genius. Um, and it really helped me a lot when I read it. Mm-hmm. I have kind of an interesting question. Um, if, if you guys were your younger selves right now, and you saw what you're doing right now with the, the awareness that you're putting out and the message that you're spreading, what would you tell yourself? I've always just like been so insecure and like feel stupid all the time because I was never good at school and I only have one semester of college under my belt that I would probably just Hey, me tell. too. Yeah. We're still freshmen. It's great. That I'd probably just tell that kid like, it doesn't matter that you're struggling so hard in the classroom. Like life is way bigger than this mm-hmm. and like you are enough and like you don't have to feel sad all the time and like you're smart and just because it's not in that way doesn't mean that it can't be in another way and just like love yourself more and like you're enough dude i love that yeah that's good i wish i could tell myself that too what you i could go yeah um i think i think for me like the way that i always like feel progress in my own life is like looking back a year and i'm like oh my god like I was like an idiot back then or like there's so much happened in like the company's life. And, and so for me, like, I think looking back, I always like kind of had this like mentality of like, just like if I keep going and if I keep doing like the right things, which is like working hard, like being a good person, all those things that it'll all work out. So like, 
I think I would just like give myself the message of just like keep going and you know right. it, it, eventually something great will happen and so I think that's how I've tried to always live my life and mm-hmm. the advice I give other people that are younger too. Right. A final question: Where are you guys taking the Mad Happy brand next? Yeah. What's next? What's y'all? next? Like, what are you guys looking forward to? Are you trying to make this into like a like a live tour type a thing? New collaboration. <laughs> oh yeah, tour. Um, you guys should sell at stadiums. So <laughs> with you guys. Yeah, yeah. yeah. we can be yeah. the next Tony Robbins. No, we're the you guys. Yeah. We're the opening. Oh yeah, we are the openers. We can do, <laughs> like, do some juggling. I don't yeah. know. I think for us, like, we still feel like it's so early. Like only four and a half years in, but if you look at brands like Nike and Patagonia that have been around for like fifty plus years, like it's really just like so so early. And so for us, the way we think about it is like a brand now is like much more than just like one thing, right? So of course we have our apparel and like we want to make products that make people feel good and we're going to continue to do that. Uh, We're going to scale out like our retail. So like we want to have locations in like all the major cities in the world and and really bring that experience all across like the world. And then Mm -hmm. the second piece is like on the accessory side, we released this product like a mental health journal in May. And that's a product that's more geared to the space that we want to be everywhere, right? right? So we just launched it with 25 companies buying it for all their employees, like Live Nation. We're launching it. Um, we're giving it back to a lot of schools. And oh, so that amazing. product, we want to be everywhere, products like that. Yeah. And then the third piece is a content piece, which Mason could talk on more, but that includes obviously our things like the Local Optimist, the podcast, and more to come there. Yeah, I think we just want to like – since day one, our mission has been to create conversation around mental health. And I think like to amplify our megaphone and be able to tell stories that inspire people to talk about their mental health, both scripted and non-scripted. And there's so much opportunity in that space that I think we're super excited to see how we can grow there. And the podcast has been huge for us. And then how we can continue to grow the local optimist with more video content, like some longer form stuff. We also have like a thing called the Local Optimist Hotline, which is like a non-crisis support text line uh, that I definitely want to continue to grow out and just like be able to take this thing on the road and like really look at all those kids in the eyes and really talk to them about our stories and hear what they're thinking and how we can cater more to them and just continue to inspire people and get them to start to take their mental health more seriously. You guys are unstoppable. I can't wait to see what y'all do next. Thank you guys so much yeah, for coming you. on the show. Of course. And being so vulnerable and open and creating a brand that's really helping a lot of people. Look, I'm wearing Mad Happy right now and I already feel better. So <laughs> yeah. uh, tell everyone where they can find your Instagrams, Mad Happy, your podcast, everything. Yeah, big shout out to our podcast for sure. Um, at the Mad Happy podcast. Uh, you can find it Apple, Spotify, really anywhere. So would love for people to check that out. And then we're just at Mad Happy on on Instagram at, at Local Optimist at Local Optimist, mm-hmm. and uh, you'll be able to find our personals if if you really want to there. <laughs> All um, right, start yeah, digging, y'all. Yeah, Definitely. thank you, thank you for having us. Really, oh, really yeah, appreciate thank it. you. We got to get you guys on too. Oh yeah, well. We'll definitely do it if you guys are <laughs> twist of my arm. Uh, Thank you guys so much for tuning in this week. We will see you next Tuesday. Bye guys. Bye. See ya. Bye.